Yo, welcome back. This is the Great Date Guy. My name is Rob, and this is Scott Pagliaccio. What's happening, everybody? Thank you for being here. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm pretty excited about this topic because I think it's pretty nuanced and it's really important. Um, we're talking about masculinity, like attractive masculinity today, and. I, th- I think that this is such a complicated thing because there's like the initial, there's the initial learning, I think, of like, okay, well, here's how you be attractive to women. And then we learn to do that. And then at a certain point, it's like, oh, shit, I'm just going through the motions. I'm in these relationships and I'm just, I'm like a robot. All right, well, let me figure out who I really am. And then we do that and we get in touch with feelings. And then, then it, then you I, I don't know about you. I'm curious about your experience here. My my feeling is that once I started unlocking my emotions, I got into this weird feedback loop with all the women I was dating where I was feeling things, she was feeling things, and then it would just fucking escalate until we were like at each other's throats and fighting over nothing. And it was just like, what the fuck? Mm. Yeah, has that ever happened to you? Uh yeah, I've got you. I've got you coming in a little bit quiet on the mic, so I wonder if we can reposition that a little bit more. Yeah, sure, man. How's that? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, cool. Right on. Uh, yeah. So I just, I, yes, to answer your question, and lately it's been able to be with my own experience and discern um, between. There's two experiences going on, hers and mine, and the better able I'm. I am to be with mine and not to react from that place and hold the space. And I call it responding out of the deeper harmony of the universe with love Um, and listening to understand. So that has been like enlightenment (laughs) for me is... To be able to just be with what's happening and not be super reactive. Um, and yes, I fucking react all the time, I'm sure, to the people around me that I love deeply. I think that this is an important thing. Um, the thing that comes up for me is like being being non-reactive is is important and I think it's part of like the whole masculine and feminine polarity. And I think that yeah. Like culturally, we've gotten to this point, and I think Esther Perel talks about it around how if you uh, are going to exist in modern society, you need to treat men and women equally. They can occupy whatever role they want. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But it's easy to overlook then the fact that women do want you to show up in a masculine way mm. inside of relationship. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you I think you might be a little bit too close now. <laughs> it's like a little blown out. <laughs> right on, man. I'm sorry. But there we go. I'm trying to find the sweet spot, brother. Yeah, it's it's hard, dude. I, it takes a while. Um, it's like sex, man. You know, you got to find the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> which which I think is is like the core of this conversation, right? Like, yeah. Like, how do I balance the feeling sensitive part of me that that draws women in the ability to emotionally connect and have a really juicy relationship? with a part of me that needs to stand firm in the hurricane and be a man and like not be like reactive and angry and snap at this other person. Um, 
Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing how you find, like what exercises do you do to maintain that balance for yourself? Or what's been an important lesson that you've been learning about that? In, in right in the right in the thick of it man in the actual experience of being with a woman and practicing that's that's the actual you know that's the that's the proving ground right there like um i tend to typically attract women who are more in their masculine and are super powerful and making moves out in the world and i'm a pretty sensitive guy but i'm also I'm also what I also understand is a woman like that is out in the world who's an entrepreneur who's you know owns businesses or whatever the case may be making decisions what I noticed when she comes home is that she wants to soften into her feminine so I'm able to step into the role of masculine and make the decisions you know um, I've got a plan when she comes home she doesn't we're not going to be arguing about I don't know what I want for or what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. I've got a plan. Uh if it's a if it's a dinner date, I've got the reservations made. I've got a beautiful sexy dress laid out on the bed, maybe some nice lingerie, a note, um some her favorite shoe or my favorite shoes, whatever the case may be, just allowing her to soften soften and not have to make any decisions knowing that I've got it covered, man. So I'm, I hope that answers or gives you some insight into, you know, what you were asking about. Um, Dude, yeah, no, that's that's like the perfect answer, I think. Like I've, I've had this like corroborated by clients that I work with. Um, and one thing that I hear consistently uh, is that women are looking for a place where they can feel small and safe and held. Um, which is why, which I, I think this is a big reason why women look for guys that are taller than them, because mm. if the guy is physically larger than them, uh, there's, there's that actual additional layer of safety and protection for them. So if you're not like a really big dude, then the way to get around that, if you're not a tall guy, then the way to get around that is to learn how to provide that container that she can relax into, like Scott was saying. Um, but I think. Part of the exploration for me, and I would love to hear about your experience here as well, is like setting up a container like that also means that I need to learn how to establish like clear guidelines and boundaries for me. Like where does my no begin and end? What am I good with? I can't be trying to cater to what she wants the entire time. And if I'm uncomfortable saying no, and I'm definitely uncomfortable saying no, feels like I'm stepping on toes. Um, then uh, there's no safety there because she doesn't know where my boundaries are. And if she accidentally steps over one of them, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to get reactive. So lately I've been learning like and leaning really in hard into, oh, you want to you wanna jump in front of me in this line in traffic? Fuck no, go behind me. I don't care. Like this, this is the choice that I'm making right now and I have to stick by it. And it feels like I'm being a dick sometimes, but yeah. I think this is important. Like if I never learn to honor what I want, I'm never going to get what I want. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. That you know, um, I struggle with boundaries, man. Um, and I hear exactly what you're saying. And that's been a really in this last relationship I, I was in. It was, you know, it was more like a people pleaser. I mean, I was, I could see where I was really strong in some areas, in the way that I chose her, in the way that I led, you know. And then there's areas where, you know, I'm not 
so strong, man, where my boundaries like were not were not great. And it was cool because I got some feedback and what you said about a man being taller, the woman that I was dating said she typically dates men who are way taller than her. And she goes, man, she goes, you might not be like your stature isn't tall, but man, the way you lead me is incredible, man. Like I, she really dug it. And I think that's why she chose me. And I learned through the container that, you know, I, um, I was shown to where I was weak and to where I was strong and uh, did the dance. And, and it, it was fun to learn. But yeah, boundaries are a fucking struggle for me, man. Certain ones anyway. To say, saying no. Because I'm, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And that isn't super sexy. Yeah. Yeah, there's that study, like, where they had people speed dating or whatever. And, like, they they split them into three groups. And the guys were either saying yes to everything, no to everything. Just, like, disagreeing anytime a woman made an opinion or Mm. asserted something. Or they were doing some combination of the two. And for the group that was saying yes... The, the universal feedback at the end was like, oh, these people would make good friends. You know, they got good personalities. Some woman out there is going to love them. And if, mm. if you've ever been in that boat, you're like, this, right. <laughs> this, this, is, this is something to look at. Yeah, for sure, man. I like, yeah, I just absolutely. I mean, it, it, it rings true, rings super true for me right now. Um, What was I going to say, man? There was something I wanted to say around that i think learning to listen to understand was probably one of the greatest things that i've learned like not not just saying yes to please her but to really try to like just to listen to understand and then have my own opinion and um like allow her to have her opinion and understand why she feels the way she does and thinks the way she does and really like dig deeper go underneath why she feels that way and make her feel seen and heard and understood and, you know, really listen to her. And then also say, Hey, I want the same thing over here. I would like also, we don't have the same opinion. You're right in your opinion and how you think and feel. And I am also right in the way that I think and feel. And my perspective or opinion is equally valid. So it's validating. I learned as a leader, like, you have to be able, you have to be willing to give what it is you want to receive. So I'm always willing to give listening because I want to receive it. So I'm going to advocate on the back end of listening to her to understand that I'd like the same thing until I tell you, oh, you get me, you understand me. And I think that was really helpful um to really cultivate that skill uh yeah an art form man i think that's pretty sexy um that's that's a big one i feel like for like asking for that at the end for me it feels like a weak thing to do or like something that i want to avoid but i know that it's helpful because i'm asserting what i want and and speaking to that point of listening to understand if you're if you're listening right now and you're like yeah why would i do that i need to i need to prove to her that i'm right Mm. The major benefit is if if you're trying to prove to her that you're right, what I've seen in myself is that usually leads to a bigger conflict because both of you are fighting to do that. You got to interrupt the cycle in order for that conflict to end. So a piece of that is when I understand someone well enough, I won't have a triggered reaction to them. 
when I stop making them wrong, then we can make some progress. But I want to I want to throw a caveat in, and I think Scott began to speak to this as well. At a certain point of awakening, that becomes a tool that we use a lot. We can we can be with a lot of things. Something bad happens. Fuck, I I know how to settle my emotions. I'll listen until I understand. I'll be with this. It's very easy though to fully adopt this and become a pushover, and that mm. is not masculine, not sexy. And we all do this. This this is something that many of us will fall into in our spiritual journey. It's important to remember that even if you understand where someone's coming from, if the way they're treating you doesn't vibe, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't align with what you want in the long run, just listening to them does not mean that behavior will change, right? So yeah. you have to make sure like, hey, I can put in this effort. I can get de-triggered. But is this going to serve me in the long run? And if it's not, then you also have to not be afraid to let that go. But don't do it from a reactive place. Understand first. Yeah, man, I like that. Well put, really. Um, yeah, and, and it, like sometimes I'll put that on the front end, like not wait to the back end. Like, hey, listen, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this. And and I I have like a saying, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this. I'm guessing my projection is you have. I don't want to be right. There's nothing like one of the things I've learned. There's nothing in me that needs to be right. Like I have an inner knowing. I don't have to prove myself to anyone like or not a woman, not anybody out there in the world. I'm sure enough in myself that I know what my experience is and I don't have to prove it to you. So that's really reassuring. So nothing in me wants to be right. I want to be in relationship and yeah, I don't want to be a pushover either. I want to, nothing in me wants to be right. I just want to be in relationship. So, you know, in, instinctively, I feel like that's the difference between like the boy mentality and the man mentality. And I think what's really important is how did you get there? Right. Like, how mm. did you let go of needing to be right? Because that happens for, to me reflexively. And I, I've been in this for a long time. What made the difference for you? Yeah. Great question, man. Thanks for asking. Um, man, I think it's just been a, a culmination of, you know, all of the work over the course of my life, like, you know, meditation, just everything, getting really clear inside of myself um, and, and cultivating this this um, sense of sh assuredness, I think is the word. Uh, I, I can't pinpoint the actual like day or time, but it has just been this journey of awakening or, you know, doing men's work and shadow work. And it's like, there's just this solid place inside of me that f just know it's an inner knowing like and i <laughs> i don't i don't think <laughs> one particular point in time to just like say hey it was at this point this is when it happened it has been a journey man in like in this moment like it and it's been in practice it, again in in the container of being in relationship of trial and error of hey i can reflect back in the present moment and recall a moment of reactivity when i was acting like a little boy and the difference between that and being a man is like i was saying earlier it's my responsibility to hold space um you know from this grounded place and it's self-awareness. Um, I know this, and I don't have to prove it to anybody. 
Hmm. It's from this presence-centered place of all the practices, meditation, men's work, shadow work, um, reading. Um, I just feel like a man when I'm not reactive. I, when not, I just watch people, like I watch people, Rob, and you can see the behavior. Argue, arguing is is a childish behavior. I think yeah. in the relationship school, we both went to deeper, right? Yep. And I think that was one of the defining, defining moments, just recognizing like my default mode of relating is child, childlike, childish. But as I developed myself into becoming a man and leaving behind this boy psychology, a man doesn't need to argue his point if he knows how he feels. He's solid in himself. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I and I, as as you're speaking, I thought of two of two things that I've I've noticed lately that have that have helped me. And I I, I bet if you look, you might find. I, actually, yeah, I'd be curious what how it lands over there. But for me, I noticed the first one was beginning to have relationships where I get into an argument with someone because I'm I'm saying my truth, like I'm allowing emotions to happen. I have a reaction. But afterwards, that person's down to stick around and continue to talk it out with me. And I'm still willing to stick around and talk it out with them. We get to a place where we're reconnected again. There's a desire to do that rather than me cutting them out of my life as is really commonplace now. Like, oh, they're not a fit. Get rid of them forever. No, well, I mean, try. At least, <laughs> at least give it an... And, and I feel like the more times I've done that, the more it's been okay in my brain to just be like, all right, we'll sit in the fire. I think the other piece has been getting at least first taking that leap of faith and saying like going up to someone else and just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the pain that I caused you. Yeah. And I, I need to own that I did these things and I was being childish in the moment. You're right. And at first it was like an admission of guilt, like, Oh fuck. Well, like now they're going to lord this over me. And women, women don't generally do that. That's something I've noticed. Yeah. If, if I apologize to a woman, she'll accept that at face value for the most part and she'll soften and then maybe she cries maybe she has her emotional release and then we get to the bottom of it and i think beginning to see that hey when i admit that i'm wrong it actually gets me the results that i need um i don't have to and, and, and this is a fine line right like i don't want to admit that i'm wrong if i haven't done anything wrong but if i look back and genuinely oh shit, like hey i could have done better then I step up and say that. I think those two things made a big difference. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, you, you just said a mouthful. Like, not, that would be people-pleasing. Like, you apologizing because you don't want to deal with her upset and just like, hey, I, don't, I want to get past this, so I'm just going to go ahead and own something that I don't believe I did, which is a weak position. And what you're saying is, you know, hey, I'm, the first part was like, hey, I'm going to own my part. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to apologize. And I think what another thing you were saying, if I'm not mistaken, is when you're authentically owning your part, she can feel that from you. And like you said, then there's this release of emotion. She's like, you know, she feels like grateful, I'm guessing. And she's able to open up and then and have this release. And then you can get to the, you know, get to the other side. So there's this conflict resolution where as this childish behavior is like, hey, I don't want to fucking deal with her emotions and I just want to get past this. And that only 
probably shove shit underneath the rug or, you know, resent will build over time. And you're, what you said was really made a lot of sense to me, man. And yeah, that's, that's a, it sounds like a very masculine, strong position to be coming from it, you know? And I think, like you said, women can feel that either way. The weak part, you know, the little boy who's just like, Hey, fuck it, man. I don't want to deal with your shit. Or this fucking man that's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry I hurt you. And her feeling that from you, like, man, he really means this. She softens. Now we can move forward and get get to the bottom of it and have great sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is part yeah. of it, man. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, you know, I just wanted to go there. I figured I'd take it in that direction. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's the reason why we do that. We do we do it because that's authentically who we are, man. Like that's a powerful stance as a man to be able to, you know, be with her upset and allow, you know, and then admit you were wrong and, and deal with all of that. And that's super attractive to me, man. Like, I, I just think that's a really sexy place to be. Yeah. And I, I like that these distinctions are coming up. Cause I think when, when, when we talk about masculinity, when I think about masculinity, it's like, how do I get like giant pecs and like a bodybuilder's like physique? And how do I like out alpha other guys? And like, you know, you can choose those things. I'm, I'm consciously choosing to learn to be stronger. I, I'm going to get my one arm pull up down and then I'm going to crush some fucking rock climbing routes. <laughs> but, but like, like I think the, the, the trickier parts of masculinity are like, they have to do with like a level of self-discipline, but that it doesn't necessarily, it can come from a place of suppressing emotion and just being stoic all the fucking time, but that's hard to maintain. That's easy to crack after a while. You're just building a dam and eventually that dam is going to break. The harder thing I think that Scott and I are talking about is, uh, you, you learn to feel things and despite feeling things, uh, you still stay in your masculine. You're still there being in your warrior shit, like fighting for the relationship, fighting for a connection, even though your brain is like, no, no, nah, she's the enemy. Get her out of here. No, you're like, nope, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen, even though I don't want to. I'm going to try to settle down my system. I'm going to step away if I need to, but I'm still going to be in communication and relationship because if I don't, that's some little boy shit and I'm not about that anymore. Yeah, man, that's well put. Again, that I w I was the guy who couldn't deal and and would run away, walk out of the room, and you know, and she's got the uh, you know the whatever it is, the abandonment wound. Like every time I turned and walked out the door or left, you know, threatened the relationship. That is super super weak, and I never liked it either because I had it. It went both ways where I behaved that way, and I was behaved towards that way and it doesn't feel good on and so that's part of the learning curve is like oh i remember i used to behave that way and that doesn't feel good and i don't want to do that to somebody and, and it is hard rob to stay in that fire and stay in relationship and i also heard you say sometimes it's too overwhelming and we talked about this before about our you know us our nervous system being overloaded and you, you got to step away sometimes you got to take a time out but here's another distinction. When you're building this container, which is, I didn't even know what the word container meant. On the front end of building this relationship, we know each other, we get to know one another, and we get to know these 
deep wounds that we we have and we have agreements on the front end hey when we get it not if but when we get into the shit and we're triggered and one of us needs to take space we have an agreement that we're going to leave for 30 minutes and we're coming back so the other person knows you know i'll be back and vice versa so having agreements knowing that if someone steps away we know they're coming back and having those agreements on the front end is super important because if you don't have that built into the container then you are going to be like feel threatened and they run away every time but every time they do step away you know you know they're coming back and you know when you're coming back yeah yeah i'm glad that we've actually stopped and defined container because i think we've used that word a lot over the last couple of podcasts and it's exactly as scott said uh in the simplest terms it's just a series of agreements um a lot of times we put them into place so that people can feel safe and know what to expect um and it goes beyond just and i say just it goes beyond relationships sure a container is what I would use to create a, a good marketing campaign because no one's going to buy my product if it works 50% of the time, if they don't know what to expect or like what I do. I provide a container of here's what to expect. Here's what it looks like. Here are the people that usually get good results with me. And when people understand that, they can enter into the agreement knowing what they signed up for. And you want to do the same thing for um, any kind of relationship, if at all possible. And the more you know yourself, and I think this is important, this is why we spend time meditating. This is why we spend time looking inward, seeing, oh shit, is that my pattern? The more you know yourself, the easier it will be to make a container that works. Like, hey, sometimes when I get triggered, I get really angry and like, I'm I'm a spiky son of a bitch. Well, (laughs) I'll, I'll probably need like 10 minutes to just take care of my shit. I'll step out of the room, but I'll be back, I promise. Like, we'll talk it out. I won't break up with you when that happens, even if it feels like I might. And when I'm when it feels like I'm angry at you, I'm not actually angry at you. I'm just hurt. I will come back. And if she knows that on the upfront, she can prepare for it. But if I just blindside her with that shit, man, she's gonna she's gonna get shaken up and she's gonna react. So containers are really, really important in my opinion. Yeah. I yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And th- and that's fairly new to me. I'm fif- gonna be fifty five and this container building thing, like when 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 I was in a relationship, it was just like, hey, you're cute, you know, let's go have drinks and have sex. And like, <laughs> you're about that, to say that's fuck. how it started. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, I never understood, like, how important it is to get clear on your needs. I mean, I can recall a couple of times going on a date, and it's like, I right off the bat, I'm just like, what are your non-negotiable needs? Listen, I really don't want to waste time here. I want to know what you're about because if you're if this isn't a fit or a match then it really doesn't make any sense for us to spend time together there's nothing wrong but i really want to know i want to know on the front end what i'm in for so i really want to get to know them and that's i don't know it feels really masculine and powerful to sit down with a woman and just start advocating for you know what i want and need in a relationship and then asking them what what do they want because i don't think it's very typical um, and I noticed with a woman that I was just dating, like, that's how we started our first date. I was like, Hey, there's this really important relationship book that I, that I, it's kind of a non-negotiable for me. If you're not willing to read this, then 
I don't even think we should continue the date. And, you know, I, I can take off. And she was like, what? <laughs> you know, and she was kind of taken aback by that. And I don't think that's the typical, you know, um, thing that's going on. So, yeah, I think it's a powerful stance to come from is just like inside of yourself as or being a man, like just knowing what you want and being clear and then fucking powerfully asking for it and going for it. And there's room for negotiation, of course, and, you know, um, compromise and one of the things I noticed about a lot of my non-negotiables are they're negotiable. Mm. You know, there, there's some hard no's, but a lot of them, you know, it can be uh, considered. It, yeah, yeah. Except around drugs and alcohol, man. I, I can't fuck, fucking bend that shit because I've been sober for 20 years and I, I don't want to get involved with anybody who's like out there. Yeah. Yeah, I have a really addictive personality. There are certain things that I won't touch either. But I, I also want to add some context here because like on paper, there might be like a question mark. Like, why should I listen to Scott? He's 55. He's not the same age as me. Like he believes in <laughs> containers. Well, because Scott gets better results than me and I teach dating. <laughs> like Scott, Scott is fucking ridiculous when it comes to dating. He's always like, he's always pulling beautiful women, just talking to them right off of the street, right? I, I prefer social settings where I have a context that's already established. People are going to be talking to each other. This motherfucker just goes out hiking and then comes back with phone numbers and people who want him. Like It's so stupid. And the thing is, he's operating like this. So it should give you some clue as to why he's so effective. There's something about his approach that's having him win where other guys are e terrified to even set foot, even if they've been trained in it. So... You want to pay attention. And if you have to rewind back to the beginning, listen to this over again, mm. you may have missed out on some stuff. Um, but, but I also want to say we're probably just about at time here. So mm. anything else you want to throw in on this subject before we close it down? Um, thank you, first of all, for saying those beautiful, kind things, man. It feels, I just want to sit with the acknowledgement that you just gave me and it feels really nice. So thank you for that. I really appreciate you, Rob. Um, and one of the greatest things that I've learned recently is, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, is for your young men listeners out there that are afraid of rejection, you, you cannot be rejected by another person. You can only reject yourself. If you see a beautiful woman or someone you're attracted to go up and and ask her do it or if it's to stand in front of a room and speak you'll feel it in your body you'll know that that's an intelligence in you getting you to move into action it, it might feel fear like fear but fear and excitement for me are the same mechanism one is you know i, I the fear what i don't what do i have to fear like, I'm not going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. So I go for excitement. And I'm like, it's so exciting to just share my heart and ask for what I want. And if it's a woman and I want to go on a date, I'm going to ask her. Or if it's just to have a conversation, man. So you can only reject yourself and just powerfully go for what you want. And I think most women, even if you fumble with your words, they, they find it genuine. Like you're coming from a heart-centered place asking for what you want rather than, you know, 
I don't know, ignoring that or saying, how's the weather? <laughs> just, you know, like if you say, I think you're beautiful and I had a loss for words and I, I don't even know what else to say, you know, like rather than the beginning of the relationship being predicated on a lie. Yeah. How's the weather? You know, like just fucking ask for what you want. man. Yeah. No one cares what the weather is like for that other. We know how the weather is. Just have a conversation about what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and man, I've learned a ton from you, Rob. And uh, over the years, man, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for all the wisdom you. Yeah, I'm 55 and, it, and I didn't get into this till later in the game. And you're way younger than I am. And you got involved with this type of work early on. So you've got this, you know, this uh, head start which is really beautiful because I can't imagine what I would be like had I started at your age, man. You, you got your, your money game is tight. Your, your business game is tight. Your dating game is tight, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm learning. I'm over here being a student learning from you, man. This is such a beautiful container that we've created to learn <laughs> one another, brother. Yeah, man. Grateful for, uh, for this as well. Um, now there's so much to comment on about this, but, but for sure, I'm looking forward to what else comes out of this collaboration. And I think with your additional dating and like women expertise, uh, we're going to take this into some really interesting places. Um, yeah, so, sex, man, we got to get into sex oh, yeah. as a as a as a, uh, as a as a path to enlightenment, man. Like I don't need drugs. Women opening their bodies, feeling safe enough to surrender themselves to us, is a portal. The vagina, the women, it is. It's a portal into the divine, man. And I'm looking forward to sharing with all your listeners this uh, this wisdom, man, that I've gained very recently. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be fighting you for space on that one. We can do that one next, but this is also something I am really stoked about. Sex is such a volatile subject, like, and it's mm. something that we don't talk about frequently in this society, so... It means that there's a lot of shadows there, a lot of demons, a lot of patterns, a lot of triggering. And because of that, there's so much fucking growth. So, yeah, stay tuned. I think we're going to do that next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, as always, if you got a comment, drop it onto the podcast. Uh, you can also head over to greatdateguy.com. Uh, leave us some questions or what you thought of this episode. And, uh, yeah, love you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you guys, man. Thank you again, Rob, for bringing me back, man. I'm super stoked to be here. And thanks for all the people that uh, take the time to listen. Hell yeah. Peace. Peace.